A group of entertainers wanting to use Mocking the Catholic Church as source material for their cutting-edge show received pushback from faithful Catholics who said to an organization, please do not promote this group. Now, at first, the organization listened to the Catholics and said, okay, we understand that mockery of your faith is not something that we really want to be a part of, and it's in bad taste. But then there was a second backlash, which said, hey, there is freedom of speech at play here, and we deserve the right to be able to say whatever we want to whoever we want, even at the expense of the Catholic faith. The organization said, okay, you know what? Actually, you're right, and we're going to let the show go on. And those who want to mock the Catholic faith, go right ahead. Is this the recent LA Dodgers protest that you may have heard of? No. This story was actually from 2005, surrounding a controversial TV show named Pope Town. And Pope Town was a cartoon that took place in Vatican City, where the creators of the show, who were European, used the Vatican and holy people in Rome as like the setting for all these bad things to happen. So the holy people that are trying to promote the faith, they're actually doing really, really evil and bad things. And this was very controversial at the time because it was openly mocking the Catholic faith. And in some laws in Europe, particularly Germany, it is actually illegal to openly mock any religion on television. So this was very controversial. Pope Town was a crazy, crazy show. And the Catholic Church came out and said, hey, please don't show this you know, show to people. Please don't promote this anti-Catholic sentiment. It's not only anti-Catholic, it's just complete mockery. You know, the Pope was just sinning and being crazy and out of this world and things that weren't just fun, but in bad taste. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't good humor and good natured. It was openly mocking the faith. Now, the television stations like MTV, who was the production partner of Pope Town, they said, okay, let the show go on. We feel like these creators of the show, the people running this show, should be able to say what they want. And you know, the show was terribly unfunny and it got terrible ratings. No one cared about it. And in the long run of entertainment, it was nothing, didn't even make a blip on the radar. And for as outlandish and as crazy and as in your face, you know, humor as it was trying to be, it made no impact on the zeitgeist of America or Europe or any sort of international conversation at all. So how does that controversial show, Pope Town in 2005, and the recent protests of the LA Dodgers happening this month relate to each other? Well, playing a little catch up, recently the Los Angeles Dodgers invited a group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to come and perform a show at one of their baseball games. Now, this group, they openly are using the Catholic aesthetic, the Catholic um, you know, beauty that we know and love, and they're mocking and they're using it as a pure mockery for their um, performances. Now, that performance inside and the people who are running the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence aside, um, we know that that's openly mocking our faith. So, you know, in our country, we are allowed to say, hey, we don't think that the Dodgers, you know, please don't show this to people at your organization. You know, you're a big brand in our country and around the world. Hey, we would ask that you don't show this. They're allowed to go do whatever they want. They can go to their own um, other, you know, other venues and perform their shows, whatever they're saying. Hey, as Catholics, Dodgers, please don't let this be on public display. Just the open mockery of the Catholic faith. 
And again, something done in bad taste. So the story wasn't about saying, hey, look at these people, the sisters of perpetual indulgence, um, and you can look up more about them. I'm not going to go into too much detail about them. But, you know, the story wasn't, hey, the sisters of perpetual indulgence, this is pure evil. Why are, our world is crumbling because of this? The story was, hey, Dodgers, you know, why would you invite a group that is openly mocking the Catholic faith? Imagine if that was done to any other religion or any other group. It just wouldn't fly. So the Dodgers respond to that and then uninvited this group to not perform at a game. Well, there was backlash to the backlash and people said, no, it's freedom of speech and um, you know, they should be able to come do whatever. And, you know, uh, the Catholic Church has had so many evils in the world that who cares if it's making fun of the Catholic Church? So then the Dodgers re-invited the group. They went back on their word. So, okay, what what can we do? What can you do? Well, the response was, hey, let's protest. Let's, you know, boycott the Dodgers. You know, let's protest and go outside Dodger Stadium and say, hey, you're going, you're in there and you're having this open mockery performance of our faith. We're going to be outside the stadium, you know, praying the rosary, worshiping Jesus and kind of saying, Hey, this is how we live our faith. That is not a representation inside Dodger stadium. That's not a representation of our faith outside with the people, prayer, worship, worshiping Jesus. That's our faith. That's what represents our faith. So that's what that story was with the Los Angeles Dodgers recently. So how do the two stories relate? Well, for me, it was very telling to hear the LA Dodgers and this group and the protests to understand one key thing, that our faith is always going to be under attacked and mocked and used against us. Whether it's the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, whether it's Pope Town or whether it's Nero, the Roman Emperor, you know, feeding Christians to the lions, our faith is always going to be tried to be used against us. And peop the people of any age are always going to look at us as Christians and say, hey, that's actually what's tearing down the world. It's not us who, you know, do whatever we want and don't have, um, you know, any faith. It's actually the people of faith who are tearing down the world. And that is something that has always been a thought throughout, age throughout the ages. Since Jesus established the church, people have been saying, the real reason that the world is falling apart, the real source of all of our problems is the people who are following Jesus. So it's not that people have no morals. It's not that um, there's no values anymore in our society. It's that people are following Jesus and that's the source of all of our problems. So that's been a common, common theme throughout all history. And then people want to use that faith. So what's a response to that? People want to use our faith to mock us. They want to say, hey, okay, well, we're going to then be irreverent to your faith. We're, we're going to use the things that you hold dear against you. And we're going to try to, we're going to make fun of you for it, basically. We're going to make fun of the things that you love. That's has, that is always going to happen and it will always happen. And it always has happened throughout all ages. But let's remember the Bible verse, John 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, it hated me first. And that's just like... That's, you know, that's, that's hard to hear. That's hard to hear because like, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, like, I don't want my faith to be something that causes people to hate me. You know, I don't want my faith to be something that causes division in people because I know how unifying it is. I know how healing faith with Jesus is. I don't want that to be something that is a 
you know, thorn in someone's side that is the source of someone to hate me or hate others or hate us as Christians. So that can be really, really hard to hear. But it's important to know because the battle is real. The struggle is real. That people are going to want to tear down our faith. People are going to want to blame us for the problems in the world and say, hey, your faith in Christ, it actually is nothing. It's nothing. The things that we care about is everything. You know, the values of the modern age, the values of modern society, that's what really matters. It's about being progressive. It's not about following Jesus. That's too old. That's too traditional. And they've been saying that since like 35 AD, basically since Jesus' time. They've been saying, whoa, 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 your, your values are too traditional. Those old Jewish values from, you know, Moses and Abraham, those are too, those are not like appropriate for today. The Roman Empire, that's what's appropriate for today. These are the values that's going to bring us to the future that we need to have. So where does that Bible verse leave us today? If the world maybe hates us because we love Jesus and they hate Jesus because of who he is, and we don't subscribe to the modern values of today, we subscribe to life with Christ and that he is the source of all truth and all love. And we know that that's true. We want everyone to join us with that because it's true. And Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. Where does that leave us with a society that says, hey, you guys are actually the problem? Well, I think first and foremost, don't lose hope. We cannot lose hope. All deception, all lies come from the devil. And the devil wants us to lose hope, wants us to lose hope in each other, wants us to lose hope in society, wants us to lose hope in the fact that Jesus can change lives and change hearts. The devil wants to say, hey, the world is too broken and people cannot change. That is a lie straight from the devil. The devil says people cannot change. But hope in Christ lets us know that Jesus can change people's hearts and we have to be the hands and feet to help do that. So do not lose hope. And I love this story I heard recently about the Roman Empire and Jesus. You know, I, I've referenced the Roman Empire a couple of times recently. <laughs> I think in this episode and last episode, I've kind of been in a little Roman Empire kick because I've been reading a lot about, you know, the time of Jesus and his um, life within the Roman Empire. You know, like Jesus was born into the most powerful empire ever known to man, you know, the most widespread and, you know, all, most powerful. He was, uh, he was an, an oppressed, he, an oppressed person in that, you know, and Jesus was the true king, but the Roman Empire looked at him as a threat. They said, who is this prophet who's saying he's the king? No, 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 no. We are the Roman Empire. We are the most powerful one. And who, and who could blame anyone for believing the Roman Empire? They were in power for hundreds of years before Jesus came. And then they, they would still be in power for more, like another thousand years after Jesus um, existed. And they would be in power still. And so the world was saying, hey, Ro the Romans and their values, that's what really matters. That's what's going to bring us to the promised land. Not the words of this prophet from um, Nazareth. We don't know who he is. So the Roman Empire kills Jesus. And he dies. And so what happens? Like the historical sense of the Romans, they say, great, we stamped out that prophet. We don't have to worry about him anymore. But we know Jesus rises from the dead. We know that death could not stop him. He was unstoppable. So then he then tells the, the great commission to the apostles. The apostles go out two by two and start spreading the good news that Jesus came, died, rose from the dead, saved us from all of our sins. 
and it starts to spread. The Christian faith starts to spread. It starts to spread. And the Roman Empire is like, what the heck? I thought we killed this guy. Why are people still talking about this guy? And they said, we need to now start killing the Christians that are talking about this guy. So what do they do? They start killing Christians. You know, they kill Peter. They kill Andrew. They kill James. They kill John. They kill Bartholomew. They kill all of them. And they say, okay, now we're killing some of the leaders of this crew. Well, guess what happens? One of the main dudes who was killing those people was Paul. He, Saul, has a conversion, becomes Paul, becomes even an even, even greater evangelizer. So, and now the Romans are like, what the heck is happening? Our guy Saul, who was, who was, you know, laying down the Roman law, he's now on their side. And the faith cannot be stopped. Even the most powerful empire in all of humankind could not stop the faith of Jesus Christ. Could not stop the faith working in people's hearts. Could not stop the love people felt in their hearts, in their minds, in their souls. That love from Jesus. It cannot be stopped. The most powerful empire in the history of the world could not stop the spread of the gospel. And then secondly, I think a way that we can reconcile this, the world and then our faith within the world and how we can live it out every day in a world that maybe says we don't have the right values, is that it starts with us. Again, using that Roman Empire um, kind of history lesson and metaphor, the, uh, you know, the Romans themselves, the Roman empires, they, they weren't the ones who were making the calls about the spread of the faith. It wasn't big, grand institutions. It was people on the ground, person by person, walking hand in hand with each other, telling each other about Jesus and the gospel that spread the faith. And it spread like wildfire. People were getting baptized and the Holy Spirit was working in these early church fathers and these early church people, these followers. And it was just normal, everyday salt of the earth people. And that's who grows the church. That is the foundation of our church. That us, me and you, we, just the people on the ground every day living out our faith, going to work, going to school, talking with people, having friends in men's groups, in golf leagues, you know, go tra- on backpack trips, going on hikes, you know, caring for the sick, volunteering, working with through relationships, you know, trying to get better, reading the Bible, going to church, those things, this This is the foundation of our church. This is how our church grows. This foundational person by person, you know, salt of the earth, on the ground type people that we are, this is how the church grows. This is how the gospel spreads. Not through like the acceptance of grand institutions. Because we know that, hey, even back in Jesus' time, they weren't saying, Jesus wasn't saying, hey, go convince Caesar, go convince Pontius Pilate that I'm God. They said, go tell your brother, go tell your sister, go tell your enemy about the good news of Jesus Christ. So, you know, when we look at, you know, the Dodgers or we look at MTV, we look at these big institutions and they're kind of like, you know, openly supporting groups that mock our faith. You know, that doesn't bother me too much. I think it's annoying, but it doesn't bother me because I know that our faith, how it grows, the roots of our faith is in us, the people on the ground, the ones doing it. Just everyday people that are living out the faith. That's how it grows. And the witness that that is to people, the witness of our everyday faith spreads to people who maybe don't know Christ. And they say, hey, what do you have in your life? And then you can tell them about Jesus. Or, you know, groups that are going out and doing good work across the world, across the country, who just because they love others, because they love God and are doing great work. That's how the faith spreads. Not through the Los Angeles Dodgers, not through, 
MTV Viacom. That's not that, you know, those are just institutions. Those are man-made institutions. But our faith was instituted by Christ. Our church was instituted by Christ himself. And that will never fall. That will never, ever break. How we judge the health of our church is not in the institutions of our time or the values of our current age or the the morals of what the leaders of our society say. That's not how we judge the health of our church. We judge the health of our church by the people in the pews, the people on the ground, the people actually in the church. So we're not going to worry about, you know, what outside forces are saying about our faith. We can only control what we can control, which is loving one another, working on our relationship with Christ, and like fortifying our communities to be as strong as ever and to be as welcoming as ever and to grow through the spread and love of Jesus Christ. So there will always be people trying to tear down our faith, trying to shake our faith, trying to mock our church. That will always happen. It happened when Jesus instituted the church. It's going to happen today. It's going to happen in 10 years. It's going to happen in 50 years. It's going to happen in a thousand years. People will be trying to shake the faith of the faithful. The Los Angeles Dodgers, the power of MTV Viacom, the power of modern society is finite. And let's hitch our star to the one that is eternal, to the one that's already won the fight, to the one that's winning, the one that will win, the one that has won, the one that's already won the battle for us. So let's not get so shaken by modern society mocking us because it's going to happen. There's going to be bullies out there who are going to say we're stupid for following Jesus. Like, let's be real. We're going to run into that. Society is going to say to us, oh, y'all are so stupid. We can say whatever we want to you because you're Catholics, because you're Christians, because you follow Jesus. Therefore, we can mock you. But let's be unflappable. Let's be unstoppable. Let's not let the opinions of others sway us from believing that Jesus is the true King of Kings, that he is eternal, and that the performances of people and the power of people is just the dust on the ground in the end. That's really all. The power of man is really just dust on the ground. So that's my kind of thoughts on it. Um, I had some people reach out to me and ask my opinions on the kind of LA Dodgers protest. So this is my take on what's going on with the Dodgers protests. You know, shout out to everyone out there who's um, was at those protests and who were standing up for the faith. Let's not worry too much about those that mock us because it will happen. We can protest and we can say our piece, which I think a lot of people have, which is great. But let's also understand that we have the ability to move on because Christ is our hope. Our hope isn't in the man-made powers and institutions of today. So thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate you checking in. As always, I will see you all next time.